Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Good morning, Paige. Good morning, Anna. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> Good. Um, so part two. part two of siblings and neurodiversity, yes. I guess, but this one will focus on, on autism. autism. And then <clears throat> I can figure out, because I wasn't sure if there would be autism or neurodiverse or siblings and like dyslexia, dyslexia or dysgraphia. I would assume siblings and Tourette's is probably one. For sure. And I definitely want to do more on Tourette's. Because I think it would be interesting. Um, I don't know if my sister had any issues with me. I definitely had issues I mean, with her. I can look it up. We don't need to ask. So <laughs> We can have you and Maureen on. We can interview her. We could. She's not neurodiverse at all, though. So we won't be doing that. She is the most neurotypical person in the world. Um. Well, no, that might be dead. Um, okay. So what'd you learn about autism. siblings of autism? People thought so. Okay. So researchers have found these two things. And when I looked it up, it couldn't really give me more information. But that siblings with siblings of children who are autistic tend to have also have problems with like anxiety and depression and other social issues mm. but they can't determine whether that's because of genetic stuff or just because of family issues at home and they just become that way sure um <laughs> so they can't really narrow that down and i tried looking up more and it was just giving me the same information information mm. so there's that and then research has also found, or researchers have found, that autistic children with neurotypical older siblings, mm -hmm. specifically older siblings, have better social skills than those without siblings. So the autistic child has a neurotypical older child. Right. If so like if Jack, if Jack was autistic and I was normal. Jack would have better social <laughs> social things than if I was autistic and Jack was neurotypical. Clearly. Clearly. So um that makes sense though, because then they have somebody to, to like, like talk to. Well, and to model after yeah. because children learn better from other children, not from adults. Yeah. So <clears throat> and uh, most people have their children fairly close together. Usually. Not you know, not always. But most of the time. But most of the time, they're like a two, couple three years. years apart, right? We didn't do that. But others Four do. is a little. Four oh, and a four half. is normal. Four and a half. It's not bad. I'm five years younger than my sister. Of course, I was adopted. But, <laughs> but you know. Um, so, what else did you find about... Um, that talking to the children, like about the about autism and like talking to the siblings, the siblings mm -hmm. about autism and like explaining it and how these differences are normal and these differences are okay and to like not make the differences seem like a bad thing mm -hmm. is important and like it's not it's true no matter 
what? how your child is different from other people. Right, yeah. I'm, uh, and how it's not like a one-time conversation. It's a conversation that you'll have throughout their childhood because that autistic person mm-hmm. is going to change and their needs One are going to change. Yes. And that you also talk about how you, how, in way, ways that you can like support them. Right. Like as a sibling. Yes. Whatever that may look like. Don't be like their crutch. No, but but like you can still but sibling relationships are really important. Siblings are cool. (laughs) Siblings get siblings Um, get cool when you're (laughs) right. Well, and because you guys are the only ones that will ever experience the same things. Some some of the same things, right? So um you know, you wanna still be close. Yes. And have a relationship even when your parents are gone. So sad. So sad. Um, but but you want to like never see each other again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that would be sad. Like if the ideal is like everybody goes to grandma's house, that would be me. Everybody goes to grandma's house mm-hmm. for Christmas and you bring your family and Jack brings his family and Alexis is there. There. <laughs> Unless this is there. Um, yeah. Then, you know, the Christmas after we're gone, you don't want to just like not do anything, not see each other anymore. It'd be that would be really weird. Right? Yeah. That would be sad. And that will be the tradition. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just so you know. Okay. <laughs> I'll let my boyfriend know. Everybody comes to my house for Christmas. Okay. Um, um how could you well um, so talking about it is important yes talking about it is mm-hmm. important and researchers suggest that typical children may act as obviously that they may act as a role model to their younger siblings because that's how that works um um both an autistic child and a neurotypical child learn learn more about supporting both, like each other, mm-hmm. not just the neurotypical supporting the right. other one flourish that helps them like understand one another's challenges. Mm-hmm. Did you come across anything about if it's the autistic child is born first i read how that affects the younger child i read if you have an older sister you were more likely you were as like more likely that you'll be autistic than if you have an older brother i think does or doesn't have autism an autistic older sister so if you have an autistic an older, older sister, sister, you are more you were the next birth is more likely, likely to, have. to be autistic than it is if you have an older brother that's autistic. That's which I kind of just like read the little blurb and I was like, that's whack. There's no way that's true. That's weird. But I wonder because <clears throat> autism in girls isn't really well established. No. So I think it's weird that they came to that conclusion. Um, I'm wondering what the relationship is like or what it's like for 
a neurotypical child who has an autistic older sibling. Oh, um, did you come across that? He did. I just need to find it. Yeah, a younger neurotypical sibling may have less understanding about the differences because they're too young. Mm -hmm. So it's harder to explain to, you know, a three-year-old or a five-year-old why their 10-year-old older sister flaps their hands. They're going to have a hard time understanding that. Um, Is that all I said? I lost my place. Um, <laughs> in your notes. Yeah. Okay. I just wonder in general about <clears throat> siblings of. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my thought, okay, I wonder in general about the siblings of people, siblings that have somebody in the family who's neurodiverse in some way, if like they have a stronger tendency towards like fairness, like really like that being a really strong value or whatever. So anyway, probably I would think um, <clears throat> when a child has autism, it may require much of parents' energy, time and focus. Mm -hmm. So the other siblings as a result sometimes feel like they're being overlooked. Mm -hmm. they're being overlooked and develop other negative feelings towards the sibling or the parent towards the sibling I think they don't if these feelings are not addressed they can fester and create significant problems for the entire family so uh -huh. maybe just annoyance and resentment toward everybody maybe yeah <clears throat> what else <laughs> you really push the uh, talk about it fact you should talk about it well anything that's not talked about anytime you don't talk about something that's going on in a family whether it's autism or something else it sort of sends a signal to children that it's shameful Bad. or Something that should be hidden, right? So, <clears throat> so yeah, you should talk about it. It's completely talk normal. Talk about it. Right? You want to normalize anything that's different, right? So, yeah. <clears throat> okay. I don't know how to pronounce this man's last name. His first name is Ian, so I'm just going to call him Ian. Okay. Dr. Ian? No, he's not a doctor. Oh, all right. MS Ian. So he has a master's. So master's Ian mm -hmm. um, agreed with this other doctor lady that to younger neurotypical siblings have a less understanding about the differences. Mm -hmm. um, the language and depth of the discussion should be detected by the ability of the neurotypical child to process that information. Obviously, I'm not obviously you're not conversation with the five-year-old that you are with the fifteen-year-old. Obviously, one would hope. I mean, your five-year-old, if your five-year-old's super smart, even still, you're still <laughs> just five, though. They, they, they have limited life experience. <laughs>
Uh, we don't want to confuse them. Blah, blah, blah. You should be, uh, the focus here should be how they can be supportive. Did it give ways that a sibling could be supportive to their? No. They just kept saying, make sure that you sound supportive. So or that you are uh, being supportive. So, so what do you think would be would supportive from a sibling? Depend on the You autism. have siblings. I do have siblings. So, <laughs> so what? What would you see as supportive? Um, um, Alexis texts me reminders like literally all the time. Really, the random. I thought she was at work once, and she. I was also at work, and she's like, "You didn't put your phone, your schedule on the phone. Can you put your schedule on the phone?" Or when you guys leave, and you tell me like, "Feed Kushka at six thirty. That's the cat. That's our cat. Yeah. <clears throat> Alexis at like 628, 629 will tell me to feed the cat. And then if I don't come upstairs a few minutes later, I'll get, you need to feed the cat now. <laughs> She'll send me text reminders. And it kind of sometimes like a lot of them <laughs> being like, you need to do this. <laughs> it's time to do this now. Um, <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know she did that. She does. I think she. She must do it on her own accord then. Um, and then she does like a schedule. She does. And then Jack, like when we went to that to your church, with, mm-hmm. and Jack and I sat in the back, and those bells went off, and I was like, covering up my ears and stuff, and like I was crying because it was loud. There was a lot of smells. There were a lot of screaming children, and then these <laughs> bells were going off. It was really overwhelming. My clothes were uncomfortable and Jack just like hugs me and everything. Mm. And is like, it gives me like deep, like oh, really deep pressure hugs. Deep pressure hugs. Nice. And it felt really nice. What a good brother. Yeah. <laughs> so like those things. It's just um, understanding. Understanding. Or not making it a big deal. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Alexis my favorite though because i just like randomly will get these texts and i'm like oh yeah i know she texts jack too she'll be like don't forget mother's day is you know this weekend i had to remind my boyfriend to send his mother a card i tried getting him to get her something too like you need to get her something and but he just ended up having just sending sending a card i mean like you can literally get her a gift card and she would appreciate it but a card is or planned. But he got her a card because I reminded him that yo, you need to send your mother something before you leave. Right. So I know Alexis does that for Jack for like birthdays and Father's Day and Father's Day. That's good. This important day is coming up. <laughs> Make sure to be prepared. <laughs> Alexis, I can see Alexis sending my and Paige's birthdays. <laughs> Make sure to get us something. <laughs> Gifts are expected. That would be funny. Alexis. <laughs> oh, uh, so, so the reminding, the deep pressure hugs. Deep what pressure else would hugs. be supportive? Like when you were younger, what would have been? What would have been nice? <laughs> what would have been nice had it been diagnosed when you were younger? Um, mm, 
BB. Still more of an understanding. Because, mm -hmm. like, Jack and I would play. Mm -hmm. And then I would annoy Jack. Because I did something. I don't know what I would do. Something imbecilic, apparently. <laughs> or when I would play with Alexis... I was kind of little Miss Bossy. Mm, and indeed. I would always be like, you know, the authority person. So like if we were playing house or usually we played school though, Alexis would always be the student. And I would always be like, no, no, I'm the teacher. I tell you what to do. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> what to do, so. I like telling people what to do though. Yep. Um, but I mean, Alexis never really said anything. She kind of just went with whatever I said. She's a roll with the punches kind of girl. Except for some things. Like, I try to convince her to do some things, and she's like not budging. It's really annoying because <laughs> she always does what I tell her. Like, Alexis, we're going to do this. And she's like, okay, <laughs> sure. I'm talking about the tattoo. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to do it. Truly, I've talked to her about it too. She truly, truly does not want to. She actually doesn't want it, or is she scared? She's probably scared, but you know, she's been through a lot. I know, but like, maybe this is like she feels a little better. The least painful experience she'll ever have. I can promise <laughs> With needle, her. For sure. I can promise her that. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. She's... I don't know. Maybe we'll wait then. I guess. Give her about. Um, nine, ten, ten, ten weeks. Give her ten weeks. Ten weeks? And then talk to her again. Okay. She's got some medical stuff coming up. Oh, okay, cool. So in like two months. So, so in two and a half. So when she feels better. Around her birthday, kind of. It's about two after. months. All right, early August. Early, early August. August. Discuss with her again. Okay. It's anyway. a whole sidebar there. Yeah, um, my phone disappeared. Or it didn't disappear, but the screen disappeared. Oh, not the, you know what I'm talking about. Your notes closed? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then it also says, this is a Dr. Carey lady. says that when you're talking to a child about anything autism. really, but specifically autism, that you want to acknowledge their emotions and how they're also valid because it's very overwhelming for everybody. And these, the siblings may be like kind of unhappy because I mean, like it's nice to like have a reason mm -hmm. for all of this previously unexplained behavior. Mm -hmm. But I don't know when I first when that dude was like I think Paige is autistic. I looked at him like he the was a psychiatrist. An, yes, <laughs> psychiatrist. Not just some dude. Not just some dude. He was a licensed professional. <laughs> um, <laughs> he said that, and I immediately thought of like all of these different kids that I went to school with. I was like, I am nothing like them. You're a crazy person. So maybe like a child that like thinks of something specifically that's autistic mm -hmm. and like my sibling doesn't do that or they're just like lots of emotions and emotions mm -hmm. are good to express yes and validate mm -hmm. 
And siblings often resent that they must take on additional responsibilities. Sure. In the home or miss out on activities because of their siblings. Yep. Yes. Or, or the parents miss an activity that the other child is in because of this sibling. Yes. Either way. That does happen. Um, it's not their fault. But. Yeah, there's only one of you. Um, or two. But, you know. Uh, because other siblings allowing your child to experience their emotions without judgment is critical to keep an open line of communication. Obviously. Did it talk about like the emotions that they might be having? Resentment. Besides resentment, like it didn't specifically, but um, on a personal experience. Mm-hmm. In a way, I could say maybe sadness mostly. Sadness, possibly a little anger. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly sadness. I would just even think like <clears throat> just knowing that your siblings being set up for like a more difficult life. Yeah. Right or, um, like the more or the that more, they'll be judged more because other yeah. people won't understand. Yeah, those emotions yeah. I felt like came later once I like was older. Sure, and was not like my parents just don't love me and they're not coming. <laughs> That's how little Paige probably did it. But then I was like, you know, fourteen, and you're like, oh well, Alexis is having a difficult time here. It's not all about you and your tennis or your choir, Paige. They're going to miss stuff. In the emergency room. That's more important. (laughs) Okay. Um, It is not uncommon for brothers and sisters of autistic, of children who have autism to feel guilty because their siblings, their sibling has it and they don't. So again, with the guilt thing, like in the ADHD. I don't know where all this guilt is coming from. I didn't realize they would have felt guilty. Do you think they they felt guilty? Even if we didn't know that it was autism? No, but Alexis thinks you have it much worse off than she does. (laughs) She does. She's always like, poor Paige. (laughs) (laughs) She has a hard time because she has ADHD. Oh, that's so sweet. she She really thinks like, You've got it rough. That's so sad. <laughs> and I'm like, you've almost you, died like four, four times. Four times. Uh, but you okay. definitely have it worse. No, she thinks you have it way worse and she feels really bad for you. That's so sad. It's sweet though. It is sweet, but that's so sad. Uh-huh. Um let's see here. Oh yeah. In addition, if an if it's an older sibling. To a younger sibling that, like, old, I, um, wait. In addition, if a sibling is older, they may worry about who will take care of their brother and sister with autism yeah. if something were to happen to the parent. Of course. So I'm assuming that would be, like, more significant autism. Because, like, I can fend for myself if you die. 
this is true. Yes. So if they have more autistic characteristics then, or they're unable to work because of their autism okay. or. <clears throat> I can see that. Yeah. I mean, you obviously would take care of them. Oh, maybe that's not obvious. I would definitely, t- I would definitely take care of Alexis. Who's not autistic. Who's not autistic, disabled. but I'm I mean, I, I wouldn't want anyone else taking care of her. Right. I think that would go for you. If you and dad went senile <laughs> or something, I would, I would take care of you. Or I would do a butt ton of background checks and I would be on their asses. And if they made a mistake, no, they're out of there. They're out of there. Um, the best care. Right. I mean, but I could see how if you were the older sibling of an of an autistic child who had significant disability, right? If it if it was a disability, right, to the point that they had it, then that would be very concerning because. It might be that would it might be assumed by some people that you're gonna you were gonna do it, but if like right? you don't but that really can't. that really like alters your, your life, life plans. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> For sure. For sure. It's um, like um uh your cousin has a friend whose sibling is has a significant I think it's a developmental delay and not autism, but no, really, yeah, interesting, <clears throat> right? And so, I didn't know that. and a sick parent, right? So it is sort of assumed that like she'll take her sister on. Oh, okay, I know who you're talking about, right? So right. I think that's that's definitely as as the child as both children age. But like as the older one is in like high school or college or whatever, you need to start having these conversations about what the what the plan is. Right. And if you're the parents, you need to make sure you've done some like significant planning yourself. Right. Right. Estate like actual like wills and estate planning and you know, because there's all kinds of like special trusts. There are like mm-hmm. special needs trusts, and then there's Trigger trusts. Oh, and money? Money trusts? Uh, yeah. They have money in them, right? Because they're going to need money <laughs> right. to take care of them, right? Because you may not be able to, if you're a single man <laughs> and you're the older sibling and you have a nine to five job mm-hmm. and now you have a 16 year old autistic sibling to take care of who can't work. Right. You're going to need some help and you're going to need some money to pay for that help. Right. Right. Because you can't quit work to take care of your loved one. Right. Because you have to pay for your housing and your food and your whatever. Right. So, so yeah. Planning is important. And I think being open about what that planning is. Although I know other people who have had autistic siblings who have made sure that they've like, they let their significant others know, like, if at some point we, you want to get married, you need to know that, like, my younger sibling's part of the deal <laughs> because eventually they will be living with us, right? <clears throat> so you need to definitely have to be able to pick the right partner who is okay with that. Right. 
that's not going to happen with ADHD, but it right. will definitely happen with, with some people with mm-hmm. autism. You don't need anybody to take care of you. Right. But other people with autism do, right? Yes. Um, um, uh, Oh, it has some examples of, um, like, the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, like, a younger sibling would be confused about, like, why, like, you can explain, like, using examples, like, how, you know, like, Peggy likes to play by herself sometimes. She doesn't always want to play with you. Or <sighs> Peggy Peggy needs a break from us sometimes. <laughs> We're a little too much for Peggy. <laughs> Poor Peggy. <laughs> Um, but Susie may not understand that Peggy doesn't want to play with her. And then it's not personal. And it's not personal. Peggy just isn't really about people. She needs a people break. She needs a people break sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so could be confused as to why a sibling with autism may not want to play with them or acts differently than they do. Because they are different. Mm-hmm. Um, resentment. Yep. Long-term planning. That's what you said. Super important. And like, can't stress enough how important that is. But yeah. That parent should not make assumptions and recognize that your child may have dreams and goals mm-hmm. they want to achieve before taking on such a role. Absolutely, because taking care of another person is a lot of a lot of work. It is. It's a huge responsibility, especially if they can't take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. There's going to be different levels of that too, depending on where Indeed. on the spectrum they fall. Right. Yeah. Or if there's other things, too. Not just autism. For sure. I mean, because as that sibling ages and you age, that sibling could develop, like, other medical conditions that people just develop with age. Oh. High blood pressure, diabetes. (laughs) Right? Like... <clears throat> they're, 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 they're people they they get other things right so you need to be able to manage their health care as well oh that's a whole other thing or be willing to manage their health care as well oh they're people yeah <laughs> right who can't make medical decisions for themselves right necessarily Yeah. 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 So you want to make sure you've done good safe planning and you've had open discussions with people. Yes. Right. <clears throat> but I think that's right. You should not be making assumptions, assumptions that someone will just okay. take care of someone mm-hmm. just because they're family. I mean, I feel like if you're strapping your 19 year old down with like a disabled eight year old, no, okay. not eight. Uh, but even like 16 year old yeah. right 
that's a lot to ask of your 19 year old, right? There must be an aunt, an uncle, a cousin. I, mean, I was fully prepared at 18, 19 years old. Like if mom and dad die, I'm taking Jack and Alexis with me. I'm not letting the, I'm not letting the government separate us. I was fully prepared to do whatever to, to keep us together. That was very nice. Yes. But Thankfully, you didn't die. Jack is an adult now. You're all adults now, right? So, <laughs> um, but you need, like, there's a big difference between, like, like, we had a, if we had an additional younger child, oh, younger God. than Jack, Oof. it was, you know, 16 right now, 17 right now. <laughs> 17 so, wouldn't be so bad they'd be so close to being a legal adult right but like to ask jack to take them on while he's finishing college that would be a lot that, that, especially what he's doing right that'd be mean right i mean that's just well plus it would be it would be that younger sibling and alexis well, yeah right Obviously. but you need to like you just need to make a plan right maybe they go live with aunt sally for 10 years until until you know your siblings you know 30 or 25 or gets married or i don't know what it is right you need to figure that out for your own family but um it needs to be a discussion right yeah yes i think that's probably like probably the biggest fear right Amongst older siblings, mm-hmm. that they're going to be ass- it, that there's an assumption that they'll take care of that 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 sibling, yeah, right. Um, anything else about siblings and autism? Mm, it didn't say this, but I would assume, yes, that embarrassment would be part of this feeling and not just like resentment and absolutely all of this because your family's out to dinner and your sibling has a full-on meltdown. meltdown and they're like five years older than you yeah that's probably embarrassing i think that child would see it that way yes depending on how old you were mm-hmm. hopefully if you're older like a teenager you understand that they're not trying to embarrass you and they can't help well yeah they can't help it Hmm. right so yes i'm sure embarrassment is definitely a part of it i think but i also think like at some point that embarrassment becomes like has the potential to become like very self-righteous like how dare you look at my sibling for having a meltdown? You should be more understanding, right? Like at yeah. some point they're going to make that flip between like being embarrassed themselves to like being a strong advocate for people who are different, who behave differently. Right. I would hope. Right. Right. But I think a lot of people who work with <clears throat> people who have intellectual disabilities or autism or physical disabilities i think a lot of them come from families where they grew up with a sibling who had one of those yeah 
All right. All right. Anything else? No. 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 Boy. Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at bigbangcoaching.net. If you are interested in emailing us, you can reach us at the ndtoolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to the Neurodiverse toolbox.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.